All right, well, we are continuing. No, we're not. We're starting a new series. I was like, wait, we're not continuing anything. We're starting a new series today called Fresh Bread. But before we get to that, I invited Gretchen to come up. And, and we are just so excited to announce to you uh, a new hire at our church. Uh, if you've been wondering who that tall fellow with the beard is, um, he's so tall that I literally can walk under his boom stand without touching it like this. True story. But if you're wondering who he is, well, he is our new hire in the area of worship and production. And we are so thankful to have Titus. And so I want to invite Titus and Kelly and the whole crew, Silas and Olivia and Claire. Come on. Would you guys come up here real quick? I promise we won't embarrass you. Maybe kind of stand like right there. We're just just so glad. And so if you haven't had a chance to meet the Curtises, uh, they're here and you can meet them uh, after service. Uh, we'd love to, to have that happen. And, and then after the 11 o'clock, we're going to have just kind of like some, some treats and stuff and just mingle a little bit and get you, let you get to know them. But we wanted to just specifically pray for them and their family. We're so thankful to have them with us. And it's such a joy to have them with us now. And so we're going to go ahead and pray. If you wouldn't mind, if, if you feel comfortable to stretch out your hands towards them and, uh, and I'm going to just pray over them. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for this family. God, we thank you for everything that you've done to this point to prepare this opportunity. Jesus, we give you all of the, the good, bad, and the ugly because we know that it's in there that we are formed and shaped into the people that you've called us to be. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for a greater anointing on this family. Father, I ask that they would lead us well in worship, that they would lead us well into the creativity of God and the mysteries of the Father. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for their family to be protected to be cared for, to be blessed, Jesus. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would be strong in Titus and Kelly and Claire, Olivia and Silas. Jesus, we know that you're on the move and we're excited to have this family with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, give them a hand. So good. So good. You guys can go. It's like, wait, what is this? <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, what a joy. What a joy to be able to announce that. Mm, mm. Hey, Jen, can you take this one? I know, right? <laughs> Thank you. I had too many bottles up here. Man, what a joy. Guys, that's, that's been a prayer for a long time. We've been praying a long time for this. And uh, we're just grateful. We really are grateful to see what the Lord is doing and, and excited about it. So I hope you are as well. Hopefully you've been enjoying uh, him leading us in worship. And I know the team has enjoyed having him around uh, and just everything that he brings. Um, he brings a skill and uh, experience and a heart for God. And uh, it's such a joy, such a joy to have him. So. All right. Well, we are starting a series today called Fresh Bread. And uh, if you're wondering what that's about, uh, the basic idea is simply this. Many believers, and I would even say non-believers, uh, eat bread. Like we eat bread. Like it's literally, physically, we eat bread. But the Bible talks about 
not just the physical bread, but there is this metaphor in the scripture that's kind of all throughout the Bible, is that God reveals himself to us in a very tangible way, and it's through bread. It's kind of interesting how, how God has chosen to take something that's very common to human beings and reveal himself to us. And here's the thing that I've noticed in my life and even in other people's lives uh, is that sometimes what happens is that we have an encounter with God. Perhaps you've had an encounter with God. And over time, the bread that you've been feasting on eventually becomes stale. And yet, you keep eating it. And you keep eating it. And you keep eating it. And you're like, man, this just doesn't taste as good. You know what I'm talking about? Like you get to a place in your life where you've been with God and then you've come down off the mountain, so to speak. And then what happens is that over time, something changes, something wanes, something gets cold, if you will, something gets stale. And so what I want to do in this series is help us get back to something, help us to get back to fresh bread, if you know what I mean, fresh bread. Because, see, it's through this fresh bread that we are changed, that we develop, that we become more like Jesus. Uh, and, and here's the thing that I know is that if we will commit ourselves to having fresh bread, the Bible promises that it will be so. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no there's no situation where there's not enough bread. Does that make sense? Like God always has plenty of bread. It's hot and it's fresh and it's on its way. But what happens sometimes is we just choose to eat the stale bread and we just eat the stale bread over and over again and we wonder what's happening. And so my heart for us this through this entire series is that we would get some fresh bread into our life, that it would begin to renew our hearts, to press towards the the, the opportunity that we have to experience fresh bread in our life, especially as we move towards revival. Because I believe that God wants to do a work in our lives. But there are some things that we've got to do to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare the space. And when I say the space, the Bible says that you are the temple. That Jesus lives in you. So that means that we are preparing our space, yes, to be able to receive God. And I don't know about you, but I need that in my life. And I know you need that, whether you know it or not. We all need it. And I'm excited for us to press in over the next few weeks as we learn a little bit about what the Bible says about bread and what in the world it has to do with our life. And so I've entitled this message kind of very simply is so much bread. There's just so much bread in the Bible. It's all over the place. And yes, it's there for eating, but it's also there for for some very symbolic, specific things. And so my heart for each one of us as we walk through this series is that we would feast on the living bread of God. And as we feast, we will find everything that we need for the journey that he's called each one of us on. And so we're going to jump right in to this particular series. And I want to just share the big idea with you as we get started. And the big idea today is that when we feast regularly on the bread of life, we will be filled and satisfied. Do you need to be filled? Do you want to be filled? Do you desire to be satisfied? Anybody in here? I don't meet people very often that say, you know, matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever met anyone. Like if you said you want to be satisfied, and they're like, no, I'm good. I just really like it where I'm at. 
really enjoying the status quo. I mean, you know, I got a half full kind of life. It's really awesome. Yes? No? Nobody, no one's doing that. And so, so, so this is so important that we get this because God wants to fill his kids. He wants to satisfy his kids. He wants us to live satisfied. And so I'm just excited to share this idea with you as we go a little bit further. But as we jump in, I want to share with you a passage of scripture in John chapter 6. So if you're wondering where we're going to be over the next three weeks, it's John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Okay, John chapter 6. That's where we're going to be. And I would encourage you to read that, write on that, soap on that. Uh, And if you don't know what that is, it's scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Is that you're spending time just enjoying the Lord, reading the Bible, making observations, drawing conclusions or applications, and praying about it. Does that make sense? So over the next three weeks, I just want you to dig deep into John chapter 6 as we kind of walk through this. And so I'll read to you starting in verse 49. This is John chapter 6, verse 49. Listen to these words. Your ancestors, and this is Jesus speaking, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Okay, Jesus is setting the tone. He's, He's providing some contrast. Watch. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. So do you see the contrast he just painted? He said there's some bread called manna, and the people that ate that, they did what? They died. Then he says, but there's a different kind of bread. And the bread that he says that there is, is a bread that comes down from heaven. And this bread is for anyone Anyone. So anyone. Who's anyone? Is that you? Yeah, that's you. That's me. Anyone who chooses, come on, who chooses to eat it. Isn't it true that I could put a piece of bread right here on the table and and, and you could just stare at it? Like I could just have it right here. Look, bread. Look at it. It's just staring at you. Now, some of you are like, I want to eat that. Yeah, I mean, you just want to eat that. I mean, it looks really good. It's real. It's not even fake. That's real bread. But in order to receive it, to be nourished by it, so to speak, you have to grab hold of it, right? See, God has provided everything that we need. But if we never grab hold of it, if we never grab hold of it, if we never grab hold of it, what happens is it stays there and it never, ever does what it's intended to do. You with me? See, anyone can do it. Anyone can receive it. Anyone can eat it. And the Bible says, if you eat it, you will not die. We got to unpack that. Then watch this. Jesus says this. And it's one of the I am statements in the gospel of John. He says this. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Oh my goodness, isn't that amazing? This is what Jesus presents to each one of us. He contrasts the old and he shows you the new. He says, if you you try to do it this way, it doesn't work. But if you do it this way, it works. Because with me, it always works. And so my heart for us today is that we would grab hold of this passage of scripture and understand 
that if we try to grab hold of other things, it will not lead us to the place that we need to go. We have to grab hold of Jesus. We have to grab hold of the living bread. We have to, let, we have to grab hold of the one that can actually do something about our situation. Now, I don't know about you, but I love bread. Anybody else? Hey, anybody else love the bread? And some of you are like, no, oh, I'm on keto. I don't like bread. Too many carbs. Too many carbs in that bread. Well, you're probably right. You're right. I mean, we're probably all going to explode internally because we're eating bread. But it tastes really good. Doesn't it? Like, I look at this bread and I just want to eat it. Like, I, this is the kind of bread I love the most. Like, I don't, you know, sliced bread's great. Like, it's a great invention. You know, you can make sandwiches out of it. It's easy. You know, you get the sliced bread. But it's not like this bread. Like, this bread is on a whole nother level. And if you like bread, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's just like, ooh, this is good. I even like it when it's kind of crunchy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's soft in the middle, crunchy on the outside. You almost have to, like, just to, I mean, you just gnaw on it to get the bread. You know what I mean? And, and, and so you, you, some of you get it. And my little one, she's 11, uh, she doesn't like bread. I'm like, what is happening? What's wrong? Like, why can't, why don't you like bread? I mean, who, does anybody in here not like bread? Exactly. <laughs> Do you see my point? Like, everybody likes bread. Even the people that are on keto, they still like bread. They want to eat it. But, but, you know, and so, so we know that, 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 that bread is yummy. It's so good. And I just love to eat it. Now, imagine, imagine if I could actually make that jump. To where I start to think about Jesus the same way I think about bread. Like, I really want to eat it. Which I know is a little weird. You're like, why are you talking about eating Jesus? And I'm not really, okay? I'm not really saying we should eat Jesus in that way. But what I am saying is that, that Jesus clearly paints a picture of who he is. He says, he declares, I am, Right? Now, if you know the Bible, you know that I am relates to someone else. I am is the great I am. And so when Jesus makes these statements of I am, he is connecting himself with the Father. He is saying, I'm not just some other guy on the street. I was with God in the beginning. I was with God from the very beginning. And matter of fact, through my powerful word, I sustain the world that you are currently experiencing. So it's, it's that God that he's associating himself with and saying, this is the kind of bread I am. And if you'll eat that, it, doesn't, it, it completely makes sense, doesn't it? Like if we eat that bread, we'll be good. Like that's the good bread. And so my heart is that we would begin to take that same appetite that we have for bread, that same appetite, and we would apply it to our relationship with Jesus. Now, I promise it'll make sense as we go, but I think it's so important that we get this metaphor. Because see, bread is common in the Bible. It's all over the place, but it always has significant symbolic meaning. Unless it's like they just made some bread. But the Bible always is trying to communicate through bread. And my heart for us is that we would understand. And so what I want to do is I just want to focus on what you might say is three different examples in the Bible. And I'm not going to be able to dig into all of these, but I just kind of want to touch on them. I want to share it with you three different places in the Bible that we see this image of bread. The first is what's called. Now, listen, it's actually in, in an old English. It's pronounced shoe bread. S-H-E-W, not 
S-H-O-E. It's shewbread. Now, what it normally gets translated as is showbread, right? So, so the showbread. Now, what is that? What in the world is the showbread? Well, if you go back to the Old Testament, there are places within the Old Testament that during the worship of God, they had bread. And in this bread represented something. This bread represented the 12 tribes of Israel. So they had 12 pieces of this bread. And not just that, it represented the presence of God being with the people. So they called it the bread of presence. That's the language that they would use. So it's in the Old Testament that we see this, this imagery of the showbread. And the showbread was there to do something. It was there to point them to something. Do you, you with me? So it was symbolic in nature. It was metaphorical because it was trying to help them to see something very important. And that is that the presence of God was with them and with the 12 tribes of Israel. So they had a table and they would stack up six pieces of bread, six pieces of bread representing two piles of 12. And then on that bread, they would pour frankincense which is kind of weird. Like, I've never eaten bread with frankincense. Kind of weird, you know, right? I, has anybody ever tasted frankincense? Yeah, me either. I don't know. And so, 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 so they would do that. And then uh, the frankincense was there to represent uh, prayer. So, so when frankincense would be burned, it, it, it would rise up. And so there was a smoke. And the smoke was actually a way of seeing prayers rise to the Father. Does that make sense? And so, so, and then the priest would eat the bread at the end of the week. So the, the, the bread would be there at the end of the week. They would replace the bread, and the priests would always eat all of the bread. Make sense? And so, so, so this is the bread of presence. This is the show bread that we see in the Bible. But here's the interesting thing that I noticed as I was studying this. What was so cool is that the bread was replaced. Listen to me. The bread was replaced with fresh bread. Every week. Now think about that. This is the presence of God. This is the temple of the Lord. This is the tabernacle. And every week, there was a new round of fresh bread. You starting to see what I'm saying? That, 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 that God wants us to have fresh bread. Like he has no interest in us just coming to a table that has stale bread on it. Like that bread that's been there like three years. No, it's not that at all. Is that there's a regular rhythm of fresh bread. You with me? A regular rhythm of fresh bread. Who needs a regular rhythm of fresh bread in their lives? We all do. Because some of the, some of the places right now that we feel unsatisfied, deficient, and unfilled is because of the fact that we haven't been replacing the bread. And so this show bread is a really significant imagery for us to receive. See, it's a bread that nourished the priest. It's the bread that was set apart as holy. It was a bread that was intended for worship. It was a worshipful bread. It was a bread that was referred to as the bread of presence. Lord Jesus, do we need more of that? And so every week they were replacing it and getting fresh bread. What if we take it a step further? What if we did it every day? What if we replaced the bread every day? What if we got fresh bread every day? Imagine what our lives would be like. So that's the first of the bread. Here's, here's the next. Is, is, it's called manna bread. Remember Jesus referred to it? He talked about the manna. He talked about how the manna didn't satisfy ultimately. He, he, he said that eventually they died. 
Like it worked for what its purpose was in terms of giving them sustenance, that they would be relying on God, but it didn't necessarily lead to them being fully satisfied because the Bible says that they eventually die. And so if you read that, it says your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. But what's so cool about manna is this was miraculous food. This wasn't like the priests were over there making the bread. This was bread that literally came down from heaven. Like they were walking through the desert and God makes this bread fall down from heaven. And he tells them, gather that bread because it will sustain you in the desert. In addition to that, he says on the Sabbath, before the Sabbath, gather enough that you don't need to go looking for bread on the Sabbath. And so make sure you have just enough to carry you through that day of Sabbath. Is that making sense? And so God set up this situation where through this manna, the people of Israel were sustained. They were provided for as they walked through the desert for 40 years. God was working. God was moving. He was providing. And he even set it up that they would have a time of rest so that they could still honor the Sabbath. Do you notice What God is doing here, he's actually trying to help us have a balanced diet, to have a regular rhythm. How many of us today feel like our rhythms are off? You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. You feel like maybe your rhythms are off. Maybe you're not honoring the Sabbath. Maybe you're not regularly feasting on the word of God. Maybe you're not enjoying the things of God, right? Maybe you haven't taken the desire for physical bread and turned it into a desire for spiritual bread. See what I'm getting at? See, this is what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to to make sure that we understand that it's through him that we find everything that we need. The manna represented the nourishment of God, the provision of God. And so when you're in a situation that you don't think you have what you need or the provision isn't there, friend, you need to understand that you serve a God that is more than able. He's more than able to come through in your situation. He's more than able to provide what you need. And that's what we have to understand as we look at manna. And I love that manna was there and it was there just enough that they were dependent. You get me? No, not dependent on another person. Not in some codependent kind of weird thing. A God dependency where he was first in their life. First in everything that they did, and they knew that if they didn't have him, they would die. That, my friends, when you know if you don't have it, you will die, you are interested, aren't you? (laughs) Your your ears just perked up, you know? And so, so, so the Bible is trying to help us to see something through these various forms of bread. And so we see manna bread, and we see show bread, and there's this nourishing bread that comes, and this living bread, this grain, this grain from heaven. Isn't that a cool way to say that? That's what manna is, this grain from heaven. Uh, this bread of angels, has, it's been referred to as bread of angels. And then there's this true manna. Jesus reveals himself as the true manna. And so I want to share with you the final form of bread, and we'll spend most of our time over the next two weeks talking about this specific bread, and that's Jesus, the bread of life, the bread of heaven. See, Christ is our true food. He is our true food, and it's there that we get everything that we need. It's there that we find the nourishment that we truly need. You remember what Jesus said? Remember in Jesus, in John chapter 6? I am the living bread and came down from heaven. Jesus is the bread of life. 
It's in Jesus that we have everything that we need. But you know what happens, and you guys know, and I know, we like additives. Now, I know, not in your food. You don't want additives in your food. But, but what I've found is that sometimes what happens is it's Jesus plus something. We have additives. We add this and we add that. And if we have that, then all of a sudden we're going to be satisfied. And what happens? Jesus isn't enough anymore. And yet that's contrary to what the Bible says. Jesus is more than enough. He's the bread you need. He satisfies you. He gives you everything you need. So, so anything plus Jesus is a problem. Any additives that we add to Jesus is a problem because Jesus is perfectly whole, complete with full integrity in everything that he says and does. That's Jesus. And so Jesus is the bread of life. He's the bread that we need. And so if we will feast regularly, come on, if we will feast regularly, say that like five times, regularly, that's, that's a hard word, regularly, everybody, regularly, if we will feast regularly on the bread of life, yeah. we will be filled. Yeah. Do you need to be filled today? Yeah. We will be satisfied. Do you need to be satisfied today? What is it that you're looking for that somehow you think is going to satisfy you or fulfill you when Jesus says that's not possible that it's in me that you find what you need see it's so good oh when we feast on the bread of life you know what happens when we feast on the bread we are made righteous that's one of the first things Jesus does he takes our filthy rags and he washes them clean and we stand before a holy God righteous not because of anything that we've done, but because of everything that he's done for us. And now, I literally, that's where you start from. Can you get better than that? That you literally stand before a holy God, completely clean, righteous, and it has nothing to do with your behavior. Oh, some of us just got set free today. Because you literally are living your life in such a way that you work and work and work to try and get God to love you. And friends, he loves you just the way you are. And he loves you so much that he's not willing to leave you there. And so Jesus is the one that comes to provide that way for us to receive his righteousness in our life. And we get that by, the, by receiving the bread. Not by looking at it, not be like, yep, that's good bread. It looks tasty. I don't know if I'm going to eat it, but it looks good. No, no. By grabbing hold of it. Yes. By grabbing hold of it and beginning to eat. And if I could eat it right now without going, I would. Because it's so good. It's so tasty. And I know this is kind of getting a little weird. Because you're like, what are you saying? Why do you want to eat Jesus? But the point is that if we could long for him like we long for things that we long for in the world, if we could long for him like our favorite meal, oh, think of your favorite meal right now. Like just what is it? Tell me, somebody, what's your favorite meal? Pasta, steak, steak, steak. huh? Spaghetti, well, that's good stuff. Anything else? 
this little baby? Like Silmalek? Is that how you say it? Silmalek? No. Mama's milk? It's mama's milk. He loves it. He longs for it. He'll cry for it. I love a good steak. My son and I over Christmas, we got like steak crazy. Because we were so committed to, to, to uh, learning how to make a filet. Like in the, like a, in a skillet, you know, like a, a what's that called? A cast iron skillet. You know, and we made this. And we, we did like research the thing. And it was so fun. We made these steaks and then you look at it and you're like, oh, this is so so much butter, so much butter. You know, it's like you just, oh, I just. Imagine if we had that same appetite for the presence of the Lord. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Imagine what that would do to you and I. Imagine what that would do to your relationships, your friendships, your family. Imagine what that would do for our country. Imagine what that would do for our city if the people of God got to a place where they were always hankering for Jesus. It, see, it changes everything, doesn't it? And see, that's what God wants us to see is that Jesus brings eternal bread into our life and it's always fresh. It's always satisfying. It's always nourishing. And oh, it's so good. And it's always available. See, see, see how good this is for us? is that if we will grab hold of this, it will be a game changer for our lives. That Jesus wants to introduce us to this kind of bread. See, Jesus is the bread of life. And so you might at this point be wondering, well, how do I do that? Like, is there some kind of vending machine that I press the thing and it just falls out and I eat it and it's, it's good? No, it's different than that. Because in John, at the first chapter of John, if you read the first chapter, it talks about the word that the word was with God in the beginning. Well, the word is Jesus. Not just in the sense of paper on a page, but the very persona of God is found in Jesus. He is the word. And what's so cool is that the living word has become the written word. And when we read the written word, we get the living word in our lives. Does that make sense? And so this is why the Bible is so important. The Bible is not just a book. The Bible is the revelation of God. That when you read it, every word of it, there is something in it that's different than just reading a normal book. Because the Bible said it is the incarnation of God. It is the revelation of God. It is the living word on the written page. And so, what am I talking about? Well, if you want the word, if you want the bread... You got to get the word. You've got to begin to apply it to your life. Some of you, oh man, he tricked me again. Now he's talking about reading the Bible. I knew what he was doing. Some of you are like, I don't want to read. Fine. Then don't have the revelation. The word of God for the people of God. You can choose to eat it or not. And if we nickel and dime Jesus, and we give Jesus a passing glance, or we treat him like a fast food restaurant, 
we will never have the nourishment that we need. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is not about guilt. This is not about shame. This has nothing to do with pastor trying to guilt you into reading your Bible. I have no interest in that. What I have interest in is would you desire the living bread? Would you desire it so much that you're willing to grab it? Would you be willing to grab hold of it and watch God transform your life? The Bible is alive. Even the Old Testament stuff that you read and you go, ah, it's alive. And I promise you, if you will stay in it, the Lord will speak to you. He will reveal the things of God to you if you will apply these things to your life. Oh, man, I could go on. But my heart for us today is that we would Grab hold of this. And then listen to this. I want to read something to you as I'm about to close. Isaiah 55, 2. Listen to this. This is the prophet speaking, and he says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Prophets have a way of saying things that get right to the heart of the matter, don't they? Why do we spend our money? Why do we spend our time? Why do we spend our talents on things that are not the bread? On things that will never satisfy us? Guys, I'm speaking to myself. How often in my life do I reach for things that will never satisfy me? I spend time doing things that will never satisfy me. I spend my money on things that will never lead to me being satisfied and receiving the bread that God wants me to receive. I know this is a hard teaching in some ways, but it should sober us enough to think, if I want Jesus, I've got to grab hold of him because he's already grabbed hold of me. If you're saved today, he's already grabbed hold of you and the Bible says he's not letting go. But you have a part to play in that. If you'll grab hold of him, I promise you, you will be satisfied. And then listen to this in John 6, 34. Jesus has been talking about this true bread. And the people in the audience say this. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. You ever heard the the Lord's Prayer? Our Father You notice that line? Give us this day our what? Daily bread. It doesn't say regular bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We don't have to wait a week, friends. There's no more barrier. Jesus came, and so we don't have to wait a week for fresh bread. We can get it every day, every moment, every minute we can get it if we'll just simply reach for it. And so my heart for us today is that we would reach for the reality of Jesus, the bread of life, and that we will fill our lives with it, that the living word would become a part of our hearts because of our time in with the written word of God. See, this is what we all need. The showbread was a picture. The manna was a picture. But Jesus is reality. And he is the bread of life, the bread of heaven. And if we'll grab hold of it, if we'll grab hold of it, we'll be satisfied and we'll be fulfilled. Let's pray together.
Lord, as we prepare our hearts just to receive your spirit, as we prepare our hearts to, to finalize some things that you're saying, God, we just, we quiet ourselves for a moment. And as, as Titus was saying, we lean in. We're just leaning in a little bit. We don't worship and serve a dead God. We worship Jesus. And he was resurrected from the dead. The Bible says that he not only beat sin, but he beat death when he was arrested, when he was resurrected from the grave. And what's so exciting about that for anybody in this room is that you can grab hold of that today if you want to. But before I get to that, I just want to pray specifically for anybody here today that would say that their desire Their longing, their appetite has not been for the things of God. Perhaps you've been lazy in your disciplines. Perhaps you've been gnawing on some stale bread for a while. And you want to get it right. You know, the Bible says that if we will simply come to the Father will repent and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've squandered my time and my treasures and my all of it. Lord, I've just been squandering it. I, I'm sorry. I need to get this right with you. If we would just simply repent, which all that means is to, to have a different thought. All that means is to turn and go in a different direction. And so I want to pray for anybody in this room today that feels like they haven't been honoring that relationship. Jesus, right now, I pray for anybody in this room right now that's struggling. Maybe their appetite hasn't been as good. Maybe, maybe they've been derelict in their duties, whatever it is, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name for a renewal of your fire and your spirit in anybody here today that desires it. If you're here today and you desire it, just raise your hand up. I want to see your hand. Just If you want more of the Lord today, just raise your hand up right now. Don't be afraid. Just raise it up. Be bold. Good. You can sit your hands down. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would come and that you would fill your people once again. Lord, that you would renew your people once again. God, that you would revive whatever has become dormant or dead in your people today. God, I pray for fresh bread today in Jesus' name, Father. I pray for fresh bread, fresh vision, fresh word God, would you come? Would you move in power? Fill your people with a greater sense of your presence, Lord. Would you fill them with your presence? Would your bread be fresh in their life? In Jesus' name, God, we thank you. If that's you, just say, Lord, I receive it. I receive it, Lord. I I need it. You know, the Bible says that if we will simply confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he will come in and radically change our lives. He will save us. He will impart his righteousness. He will fill us with his spirit and begin transforming us from the inside out that we might look like Jesus in this world and in eternity. What a great gift. And the Bible just simply says, if you'll put your faith and trust in that God, that he'll do that. And I don't know if that's your story, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that gospel because it's good news, friends. It's good news. And so right now, what I want you to do is just in a statement of faith, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody's looking around, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And so on the count of three, what I'm going to ask you to do is just to simply raise your hand up 
so that I can see it because I want to pray specifically for anybody that wants to take that step today. And so right now on the count of three, just be bold. Because I've learned if we can't raise it in here, we won't raise it out there. And so just be bold, just in faith. Let this be your statement of faith. On, on the count of three, just raise your hand up right now. One, two, three. Go ahead. God bless you. Good, good. I see those hands. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Anybody else? Don't wait. Okay, you can put your hands down. Church, let's all pray together. Nobody prays alone in here, and so we're all going to come together and pray. And so I'm going to say a prayer, and I'd love for you to repeat this, especially if you raised your hand. But, but say this with me, church. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Thank you for sending your Son. Would you forgive me of my sins? I surrender my life to you. Will you be my Lord? Will you change me from the inside out? Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate just all that God is doing?